Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now Alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet. By taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.com 
N-O-W-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, Tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a sixth generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I love you. And anyone who hasn't told you today that you're loved and you're honored and you're cherished and you're wanted and you're needed because you've come here to be a leader and to lead the message of love forward for all your brothers and sisters to help them see their ability to be a leader as well so that we can create legacy here on earth. And I am so honored that you made the journey from the inner planes of light to be here on this beautiful, beautiful planet that we get to hold in this beautiful sacred union with one another by being in our power, speaking our truth and having integrity and being authentic in every aspect of our life. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being alive. And I'm so, so happy. And I'm also happy because I have an amazing brother in the studio today who is such a beautiful gift to life in his own presence and what he's bringing to people and how he's helping people to understand the depths of their own being through all the techniques that he has been operating with in his own life and how he's been able to bring that through to everyone else in the world. His name is Niraj, and he is an ex-pharmacist turned holistic health expert who, after healing himself from a chronic autoimmune disease, founded Soma Breath. The breath work school that combines the ancient wisdom of yogic pranayama with modern day science to provide people with a truly immersive tool for personal growth and wellness. And I'm so honored to have him here to share with everyone in the tribe because it's about us thriving, staying alive, and feeling that we have all of the resources that are the right resources so that we can live and adapt and continue to create this beautiful experience while being on earth. Welcome to the share. Wow, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for that beautiful intro. <laughs> of course, thank you. Um, so I want to go into, uh, before we go into um, your, your, your how you became who you are and everything like that, where we are right now in the world, right? And the things that you see, like straight from your eyes, from your heart, what do you see? Well, it's interesting. I was just in the taxi on the way here in the Uber, and the guy was telling me he's a voiceover. He does voiceover for um, TV, films, commercials. And I said, oh, what was the, what's the commercial you just did? 
because he says he's, he's just came from doing a voiceover and he says it's for a new alzheimer's drug that's coming out you know so it's on going to be on mainstream tv he's really excited about this advert that's going to come out so it's just you know that's pretty much a reflection of how things are in the world right now is that the frontline treatment for pretty serious conditions are being marketed on mainstream tv and it's medicine drugs in the form of drugs and that's pretty much like was something that has been the norm for such a long period of time you know so this is one of the big problems i see from a very high level is the influence of big pharma pharmaceutical companies marketing and the conditioning of people into using drugs as a main you know as a first line treatment which is something that i'm trying to shift i'm trying to like you know like rattle the system a little bit. Well, you're not trying. Them. You are I shifting. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a wordsmith. So if I yeah. catch words, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. that's not, you're not trying. You're doing yeah, yeah. it. I'm doing I'm Yeah. Doing. So, you know, do you think it's because the human beings have become so um, complacent with the way that they live their lives that they're not taking full responsibility of being educated or doing their due diligence to find out like what is out there? Because if you think about it, like the old, you know, family remedies that were passed down from like your great grandmother to your other grandmother, to your other grandmother. It was like, all of those things, I feel like have been lost. What are your thoughts on that? I actually think it's um, even deeper than that. In a way, we are being hypnotized from childhood, from children watching TV, seeing adverts, commercials, uh, getting them to buy, consume things that are not good for them. And then that's just the, becomes the way of life. So I remember when I was in America, like as a kid, like my brother was glued to the TV screen and he was just watching like cartoons, but in between each cartoon, there would be like, you know, things like Cocoa Pops and all these like sugary cereals. And my brother used to love those sugary cereals. Trying to get him off that was impossible. And I did. I was also addicted to these things. And, you know, the same things in the UK. And actually the, the problem is with the way marketing and advertising is, pretty much creating consumer habits from a very very young age and it's like what that happened what, what what that means is that people are pretty much brainwashed hypnotized into buying and doing and acting in a certain way and then that carries on into school the educational system and then the educational system of doctors and pharmacists like i didn't have any education whatsoever on diet nutrition and how that affects the health and body and most doctors maybe have like a week or less on that subject and we all know now you know how much influence uh, diet and eating healthy has on the health so i think the big problem is this sheer power that drug companies have over lobbying the government and um and basically controlling education and advertising so the problem is, is those people who fund those uh, drug companies, the investors, also fund the agricultural companies. They also fund um, many other types of industry. So it's a very serious problem that comes from a very high level. So the only way we can really do a lot of good here is like what we're doing here, doing these podcasts, getting on to this, on social media, using things like YouTube. However, it's still small impact so until we can change 
the, the way the relationship between drug companies and government and how they work together and advertising is going to be difficult to shift. So this is, this is the big fight. The, the good fight that we have to go for is, you know, is to understand and make people aware how much of their behavior and habits is actually conditioned and controlled by a very high level. And it starts with education. I agree with you. You know, we, and uh, I call that the matrix. I call it the system is basically creating and using media to chum the waters, to keep people buying and eating and doing what they want them to do, to dull them down, to keep them slaves and to give them a sense of freedom with this idea that because they can go on vacation, they have freedom, but they're really not free because they're constantly being consumed with the consumerisms of like billboards, for instance, which is like completely a brain sting, you know? And the thing is, what I have found, you know, and I, I love what you said is with the education, but I think the 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 main thing that I see within people or the structure of how humanity is, and we look at it from a sociological point, is that human beings have been taught to see their power and their awareness of self from the outside. So their constant yearning for this idea of looking on the outside. So the system creates an outside um projection for them to hold on to and grasp. So they think they're actually getting what they think. They actually think their government is for them. They think corporations are for them. They think that the medical world is for them. But in fact, it actually wants to keep them sicker. It wants to make them buy more. It wants to take more of their assets um, that they could be using to do so many things, such as in, in, increase their ability to, to understand their families and themselves and so forth. So I definitely agree with that 100%. I, I feel that people have become lazy. And, yes. and I want to know your thoughts about that. 100%. I think, I think if, you know, if you give somebody a choice, like, either do the minimal effort to get a result versus actually do some hard work. You know, I think maybe it's just human nature is to go for the easy route, you know. And when you have a system, you have educational systems, you have all these things designed to to give people like things on a plate. You know, we have a welfare system in the UK uh, called the NHS. And, you know, you I'm pretty much... Yeah, you're from England, so... You know, just basically, like the fact that you pretty much things are done for you, paid for you by the government. Everything. It just makes people really lazy. Yeah, it's they're like, like, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can either go and stack shelves in a supermarket, or I can like get pregnant and have like a satellite TV and like everything yeah. done for me. What are you going to choose, right? So it's it's this welfare system and all these things that's just made people very comfortable. We're we're com comfortably numb. So people are very apathetic, actually, because it's like, well, it's too much. It's too much effort to do something to change the system or do something about it. It's better just to sit there and eat Doritos all day, you know. And, right. And this is a problem we have. Yeah, I because I was a pharmacist. I worked in a community pharmacy for like seven years, and you'd be shocked at how many people like just eat processed food, like ready meals, you know, microwave meals, and and just eat, like drink, like Coca-Cola all day long. Ugh. And it's just the correlation between that mm. and um, <laughs> being on all these drugs and medications, is it just goes hand in hand. So I worked in Asda, right? Which you may be aware of, mm -hmm. the, which is the, the lowest price points for customers. So you can imagine the kinds of clients that were coming in uh, into the pharmacy, they were really like the, <laughs> the lowest common de de denominator. And 
what what was really interesting was that I basically started to come out with very quick ways to give information. So one of them, which is something that they're all familiar with, is a shopping list. So I came up with these healthy shopping lists. And I, in order to like get to the point where they're going to pay attention, I first asked them, like, do you really, really, from the bottom of your heart, want to be on all these pills? And most people, if, if they said yes, and most people said yes, uh, sorry, no, that they didn't want to be on these, was that, you know, so they basically were feeling the side effects. The side effects of taking all these pills is is horrible. It's it's pretty bad, but they don't know any other way, and they trust the doctor. So I just gave a very simple analogy to them. I said, like, imagine you are a super efficient bioengine. Okay, now just like your car, it it requires fuel. Now what happens if you put diesel into your petrol engine in your car, or vice versa? And, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, the car, like, chugs along or it breaks down, starts spitting. Yeah, I need a mechanic to fix it. I was like, well, you've been doing that all along. Just imagine you've been putting the wrong fuel into your super-efficient bioengine. And they'll be like, oh, and, I, and that's why you're on all these pills. So I said, well, do you want to know how to get off them? And I would just tell them this is the right fuel. And I'd come up with another, like, diet plan for them based on what their condition is. And it was very simple. I would just make them swap like the processed foods for real foods. And instead of drinking fizzy, uh, sugary Coca-Colas and all those fizzy drinks, it was to just have like some water with some lemon juice, you know, things like that, fresh lemon. And actually, or make, you know, like smoothies. And those who actually paid attention and just did it, like it would be, it was astonishing how many people were coming off the drugs and medications and how many people were just ignorant to basic biology. So I feel like the job of pharmacists and doctors who are seeing people all the time is to educate, is to educate and not leave people ignorant. Because like for too long, we've been dumbed down as a society and told that we can't control our autonomic nervous system. That the autonomic nervous system, which controls our heart rate, our blood pressure, digestive system, immune system is beyond the control of um, yourself. You need to have pills, surgery, or machines. And the only people qualified to do this is doctors and pharmacists. So that's been our system. And when we all know that's a load of bullshit. And the yogis knew thousands of years ago that actually we can change our heart rate. We can, through the power of breath, we can control, modulate various functions in the body. So when I really, I got sick, I got very sick, I got very disillusioned with the system, I had a breakdown, I got an autoimmune condition called ulcerative colitis, I was housebound for a year, mm-hmm, literally like is. a lightning bolt psh, hit me, this is the best thing that ever happened to me, because now I had to go to work on myself, you know, and that's when I realized that actually we all have the power, because the drugs have stopped working. I was I was told you have two choices. Either you be a guinea pig for a drug that hasn't been tested yet, or we take your colon out. Which one are you going to choose? And they say God stands for gift of desperation. And I was in such a desperate point there that I was just praying, praying for an answer. And boom, came to my rescue. Swami Ambikananda is a yoga teacher in the UK. And she said to me, like, you have a gift here. With your background, if you can heal yourself now without the drugs... Uh, then you're going to be a great role model to other people. And that gave me some hope. 
And she told me like, you know, the basic, she just gave me a basic education on pranayama, yoga, and uh, Ayurveda in a very accessible way. And just having that awareness put me uh, into that mode of just like working, practicing, doing it. Within a few months, I was cured. And then I really wanted to put science to this. I was like, as a scientist, I must, you know, see how does this work? What's the mechanism so that we can educate more people? And that's led me on this crazy journey now as a renegade pharmacist. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. So in shamanism, we have the same thing. We, we look at health, not just by what you put in your body, but we also look at health based on synthesis. So your body is always creating synthesis and it's reading everything in your environment. It's reading the food you eat, the water you drink, it's reading like the colors, the sounds, your environment, if it's too cluttered, the conversations you're having, do the, are the elocutions and vibrations and codes in language that you're listening to, are they operating from a place of a field of intelligence? Are they operating in a place of destruction? So we, we, we look at the whole entire thing, you know, and the interesting thing that, um, that comes up a lot is that human beings don't realize that the first language that we spoke before we actually used our tongue was the, uh, was to feel, was our emotions. And that's when we were in union with the um, plants and animals and we saw them as all sentient beings as a part of us because we could hear them speak and we could understand them. But when we lost that, we begin to get into this very kind of like understanding of what we think logic is, which is this idea of like, you know, one plus one is two and so forth. But the thing is, that's not true logic. True logic is the ability to do some, you know, your your due diligence or to go on discovery, you know, draw an understanding, um, you know, of a hypothesis and come to a uh, some idea of examination through your process without judgment and then come to a proclamation of what it is, you know, and what that, what that looks like. And so, so a lot of times what people, what happens is people get into this really stuck space where they don't understand that their body is a living spirit. And because that hasn't been taught to us, you know, human beings just go, oh, this is my body. They have no connection to their body. Like I, am, I even had someone here the other day and I was like, you, you've done all these, you know, journeys with ayahuasca and you did all these different, you know, experiences. And out of all those things, your spirits of your body are still sleeping. So, because you're not making connection with your spirit, your body is a living spirit. Your finger is a living spirit. Your organs are living spirits. And they, um, and so because of that, it's like, it's how do we connecting with that energy? And it's, it's interesting because a lot of, I, you know, I do a lot of stuff with scientists and a lot of scientists go into this idea about, you know, what they feel and their theories and so forth. And I told them, but you can't have, all of your theories corrected in this this idea of what you see because there's blind spots because you're not looking at the other levels that are happening within that theory. So, you know, uh, a lot of pe people forget that doctors were once alchemists, that were once medicine men and women, you know, and if you look in the ancient times of like the um, from India to African culture to a lot of the old times, those medicine men and women, those people who were connected to spirit, they were the ones who were called in when someone was sick. And they used an understanding of both the connection of their knowledge of the plants and the, and the environment and all of these things. So they use science, but they also use spirit. So they would look at both parts. And I think a lot of our 
our health module is um, is disrupted because we're not inviting spirit into the science conversation. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because actually the Latin root meaning of the word spirit comes from espiritu, which is breath, to breathe. Spirituality actually means to breathe. And what the ancients observed was that the first thing someone does or an animal does when it's born is breathe. The last thing it does, it inspires. The last thing it does is expires. So it's like they notice that the breath is life. And that's where the word spirit comes from. And actually, the ancient times, we were all spiritual. Well, we all are spiritual by nature. By nature. Yeah. Um, but in the ancient times, we actually were very much connected to spirit of the breath. And a lot of the ancient shamanic traditions from Africa to Egypt to India, all of the, they had this thing in common, which was breathing and rhythmic breathing and, and using music and dance and mm -hmm. rhythm to get into trance states and uh, ecstatic states to to celebrate life and connect with the, the other spirits. With the ancestors, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, so I'm trying to bring that back, those tra traditions and... You and, are bringing yeah, that back. I'm bringing it back. It's, it's, <laughs> it's tough, so it's nice to get the encouragement and positivity. You're great. bringing it back yeah. and you're not having to work on yourself. You're loving on yourself. I'm just going to tweak your words yeah, just yeah, a little yeah. bit because it's, because it's important because, you know, when I look at words, I also look at words as medicine, you know, and when we talk to someone, you can have a conversation with someone and literally, as we talk about the breath, like if you look at the, let's look at the Hebrew alphabet, right? The first alphabet is the Aleph, right? And the Aleph is, right? And so in the ancient Kabbalah, you were always operating from sorcery, like in the book of Gilgamesh, which is where the Kabbalah comes from, you operate with the, with everything you do. In shamanism, yeah, in shamanism, the breath is the spirit that allows the ancients, that allows the spirits to be able to move energy through your being, right? So when someone is not breathing, right, we say that they're pretty much dead. Okay. So when someone is having a low breath or slow breath, we say, oh, they are, they're afraid to take in life. So, so when someone comes to me and I see them not breathing, I go, are you afraid of life? They say, what do you mean? I said, you have shallow breaths. You are, you, you are, your breath is shallow. In, in African shamanism, that means that you're afraid to take life because life is the breath. And so, of course, it exists in all, in all things. But the words, when we speak, are vibrations that, fall, that move on the breath. And so when we use words like hard or work or difficult or it's not easy, we're actually using the breath in a destructive way, right? And so in shamanism, we look at it as like the words are either unlocking energies and moving them and expanding them and increasing them or they're depleting them and crunching them, like squeezing them and locking them and, you know, and, um, and destroying them. Right. So that's why you'll hear me make, a, I do it a lot because for me, it's important for us to be able to speak the tone that represents the highest level of, of sound and breath into the world because then we're speaking into, we're speaking life into life. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So going back to what I was saying. So yeah, I want to talk more about the breath because the breath is very powerful and we know that and you know that. And, you know, I want everyone in the tribe to get that, right? Because it is important. You know, I've done a lot of uh, trance, um, 
you know, with the drumming in my family. And, uh, you know, we use the breath in a certain way. And of course, we, we, roll, we spin our head around like so fast till we actually go into a trance state and then we go into another and then a spirit comes through and then starts talking to the tribe and talking to our family members and like telling um, them the messages that we need to know. And then, you know, we fall down, we're sweating and we go through this whole experience. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that the breath can actually create DMT. The breath, um, you know, can raise your serotonin. It can increase dopamine in your brain. It can do so many things in your body. I mean, so I want you to share more about the breath. Yes, sure. So as a pharmacist, you know, we, we obviously, our, our toolbox is drugs and medicines and things that source from nature, plants that turn into chemicals. So. That's all most doctors and pharmacists are aware of, that all of the drugs that exist are out there. They're external. However, if we go back to the, the pranayama tradition, the ancient traditions from India, so there's a, one of the world's oldest manuscripts, the Rig Veda. In there, there's over 50,000 references to a plant a ritual called Soma, which you're probably familiar with. And... The rishis would use the soma as a way to get into ecstatic states to communicate with the spirits and the gods and, and the other world. So at this time, you imagine in, that they were talking about, there was a golden age on the planet. So it's a bit like the Garden of Eden. There was far fewer people on the planet. People lived in nature and harmony. They lived more tribal and there was more peace and things just worked. So what do you do? You take psychedelics and and get high. That's what they were, they were basically doing. But what happened was then... We didn't see it as getting high, just no, so no. you know. <laughs> they were getting, you know, they were, they were we enjoying life. A, they we were connecting a, with yeah. spirit. We saw it as a way to walk, yeah. bridge, to walk through bridges. Yeah. But then they start to spread out and move across the land. And in doing so, they, the, the soma starts to run out. So with that, uh, the one of the gods, Indra, he freaks out because everyone's so addicted to the Soma. So he orders everyone to go inward to discover how to create the Soma within because they were like, we can't be addicted. We can't be dependent on external Somas. So like, if you look at it now in this modern age, everyone's addicted to drugs, pills, substances. You know, there's a lot of people who actually do shamanic plant medicines like a hundred times plus. Yeah. And they're still the same person. Yeah, they're still flipping yeah. people off and, you know, yeah. running amok. So what they observed was that actually, the, so we have an autonomic nervous system with two sides, parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system. And the, this autonomic nervous system has a code to it, which we can tap into using the breath. Because the breath is the one thing that runs on autopilot, but also we have conscious control over. Therefore, it actually helps us modulate the functions of the autonomic nervous system. Also, your heart rate is linked to the autonomic, uh, to your breath. So when you breathe in, your heart rate goes up a bit. When you breathe out, your heart rate goes down a bit. So through the right rhythms, you can actually harmonize the functions in your body. And actually every function, physiological function in your body has a rhythm to it. So you have the circadian rhythm, which is your wake and sleep cycle. You have the infradium ultradian rhythms. So there's all these different biorhythms and they're all subservient to the rhythm of breath. So just through rhythmic breathing, spending a few minutes, even a day of rhythmic breathing, you can actually harmonize functions in the body. You can also bring 
your parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system back into alignment. Now, this autonomic nervous system is very important. It allows us to go out and enjoy the world because it, it requires a lot of brain power to be able to control all of those functions that it does that we take for granted, like your immune system, heart rate, digestive system, temperature, things like that. So um, with that said, what that means is like in the olden days, when we were living in like jungles and living like tribes, it actually served us very well because we were facing like uh, danger in, in the environment, such as lions, tigers, and bears, maybe you know, enemy tribes. So it gave us the ability to quickly go into battle to defend or run away. The fight and flee. The fight and flight. Yeah, and it was very important. However, nowadays, instead of those uh, tropical jungles, we now have concrete jungles. <laughs> and the lions and tigers and bears are replaced by bosses, deadlines, <laughs> and all these fears and anxieties of the modern world. And <laughs> That's so, a good way of looking at it. I love that. Yeah. So, unfortunately, it still triggers the same response, the fight and flight response. And we can't just go out and, you know, do some, we can, we're not going to attack our boss if he's bullying us, even though we may sometimes feel like it. We're not going to like run away from our relationship. We, you know, we have to come home and we have families and things. So um, we're quite often wallowing in a sea of like stress hormones all day long. And we're not doing much to, to remedy the stress that we're experiencing. And so what the drug companies love this because basically their drugs, they work on modulating the other side, the parasympathetic nervous system. So to lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, they give you pills, which works on that. And they've educated us out of this ability to control the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the realms of the vagus nerve and all this. However, yogis thousands of years ago figured out that we actually have an off switch for stress animals have a natural off switch for stress you'll see them they go if, a, if you see a dog or a cat they shake so shaking is one of those ways to just like if you get freaked out like just to shake it off you can shake off the stress so you'll see animals do it we don't really have that same off switch for stress that's automatic so we have to train it we're never given a manual for it so the yogis devise a system, and pranayama is one of those systems uh, that actually has several different breathing practices that are like a pharmacy, and they activate your inner pharmacy. So actually, we can make our own blood pressure pills. We can control our heart rate. We can do all of these things. We can even turn on stress if we want to. We can. So the other side, the sympathetic nervous system, is um, that the drug companies will use things like steroids and certain hormones to create anti-inflammatory effects. But I can show you in a couple of minutes how you can make your own natural anti-inflammatories by modulating the sympathetic nervous system. So what the yogis discovered was this system where just through the breath, just through breathing techniques and certain asanas, yoga asanas, you can actually control the inner pharmacy and you can create your own medicines. So that's what I discovered when I was sick, that actually... There is this toolbox. And so I went deep into it and I started to learn about uh, the rhythmic breathing. And then I learned about this one process called Kumbhaka. Kumbhaka is a very powerful practice in, in 
in a pranayama, and that is the breath retention, holding your breath. And when you hold your breath for a long enough period of time, you can actually lower the oxygen in your bloodstream. And what that does is it triggers a positive stress response in the body. Your body produces red blood cells. It wakes up, dilates blood vessels, increases blood flow to the brain and into your heart. And it's like creating a little positive stress, a hormetic response that basically makes you stronger. And it produces like feel-good hormones and, and natural like serotonin, dopamine, things to actually make you stronger and healthier. So just by a few rounds of Kumbhaka a day, you can actually uh, strengthen your whole cardiovascular system. And that has a knock-on effect of lowering stress and makes you more resilient to stress in the world. It's amazing stuff, very simple, just holding your breath. But you have to do it in a certain way. So just by using rhythmic breathing in combination with breath retention, actually we can create a system in the body where we lower the oxygen to a point which triggers this, but you can go deeper with the right proportions of rhythmic breathing and breath retention. We can lower the oxygen for a long enough period of time where you can create the perfect chemistry in the body to wake up stem cells. So stem cells are cells that you most people are aware of these days, which are, have the ability to turn into any other cell. And However, stem cells hate oxygen. Okay, so they, they're in like a large number. When you're in the womb, there's lots and lots of stem cells. However, as soon as you're born, the oxygen comes in and the stem cells hide and they go into areas in the body called niches, which are very low oxygen. So like the bone marrow and certain areas in your muscle where you have healthy cells and in the middle you have um, stem cells. Now, by creating systemic hypoxia, where you lower your breath for a long enough period of time, we can actually wake up the stem cells. And stem cells have an innate ability to go to areas that need healing, like lower inflammation, repair, rejuvenation. And this is the thing, with the power of intention, when you combine intention with these, these meditation techniques from pranayama, you can actually call create what I call self-directed neurogenesis, where you can actually move these brain, uh, stem cells up into the brain and actually initiate the growth of new brain cells in the areas where you want to create more skills. So you may want to create more confidence, better abilities, language, communication. You can actually do this. And actually, it's similar in a mechanism to how mushrooms, magic mushrooms, psilocybin works. And actually... This has, if the people who do um, my, the, this form, I call it soma, this, this form of breathwork or mm -hmm. soma, which uses rhythmic breathing with kumbhaka, they report that it's similar to how they felt when they did shrooms without taking shrooms. And with, mushrooms have been shown, actually, um, in studies, and if you check out a guy called Paul Stamets, he's done a lot of great research on this, to actually with intention, you can actually stimulate neurogenesis in the hippocampal region and actually increase like cognitive function like pretty dramatically. But we can do this just through the power of breath. We can invoke the same um, chemistry in the brain where you don't need to be dependent on these substances. And actually, the, one of the proposed hypotheses of what was the original soma is psilocybin mushrooms or Amanita muscarina, which is slightly different. So yeah, I mean, that's just one example of 
<laughs> no, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I love listening to you and I, I, I'm so excited uh, that we are in each other's lives and look forward to actually spending some more quality time so I can share things with you as well. You can share things with me. I have a lot to learn from you. And I mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's beautiful what you're saying. So yeah, so in the breath, there is this, you know, you know the, these amazing things that you can do. And a lot of people don't realize that. And it's really good that you're actually talking about these things because they need to know these things. Like, you know, I feel like the world has been raped and robbed of so much beautiful knowledge that could actually bring so much homeostasis into their life and so much balance. And not only that, but also just really help people to maintain, you know, a sustainable life you know, sustainable living, sustainable joy, sustainable happiness, which is something I really believe in. And shamanism, we operate, and it's interesting as you're talking about these things with the breath. In shamanism, we operate from the understanding of your body being the spirits. And we ask the spirits to like, like for instance, you know, when I do stuff with um, Dave Asprey, you know, he'll be like, oh, you know, show me how you do this. And I'll show him how he can lower his heart rate just by communicating to the spirits inside of his body. And the spirits will literally change whatever you need them to change or move things. Like I was in a wheelchair for two years, paralyzed. They told me I was never going to walk again. And the, the first thing that my ancestors had said to me was, you have to create an energy source that's strong enough for you to direct it into the body. And then you need to follow the body's pattern by talking to the body with the energy that you feel. So I would say, okay, body generate an energy. All of a sudden I felt like a sensation in my back, right? And then I would say out loud, I felt the sensation in my back, expand it and increase it. I am not afraid of my power through awareness. All of a sudden I feel it increase and I feel it expand. I would say, I feel it increase and expand, move it to another area of my body. All of a sudden I felt it in my stomach. I'd say, I feel it in my stomach. And then I keep doing that until it got to my legs. And I started feeling sensations in different parts of my legs. So I kept doing it and doing it. And what I realized what started happening was I started yawning and coughing and yawning and coughing for like hours and hours of just just yawning and coughing and in shamanism they say that if we yawn and cough the body has different types of um, energy frequencies inside that are trapped and even sound gets trapped in the body that causes um, illness so a lot of people don't even know that like uh, words get trapped in the body words meaning the signature uh, frequency of words and also images get trapped inside the body and the cellular tissue as well is all the way down into the like your cellular level. And then on top of it, um, certain reactions that you make towards things, like if you're a kid and someone hurt you and you were afraid, that gets locked in. And then, so all of these things get trapped. And so when we're, when we're operating in what I was just telling you, the way I got my legs to work was to literally go through my whole entire body, going through my system and allowing energy to communicate to each other. When the communication got stronger and stronger, I started noticing more poison coming out of my mouth, which was giving me more oxygen in my body. And as that started to happen. I started to feel um, sensations in my legs. And then that with some physical therapy and practicing how to at least get to the stop sign every day when I was able to get to a walker, 
strengthen my legs over time. And then I was able to walk again after a period of time. But what's interesting, what you're saying, which is actually beautiful and why I want to spend some time together and do some kind of experimentations and stuff is because what you're saying is that you're operating these things through the breath. And I'm wondering if we can combine what you do and what I do and really create an, an, a deeper... Uh, I don't know. I'm getting these downloads by being here with you. This is deeper. There's something missing, you know, and it's to actually to find the process of really, because I believe, I believe I, you know, I call myself a spirit hacker yeah. and I've learned how to hack spirit. I love that. And thank, spirit hacking. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I've learned how to hack spirit really well to the point of like getting my ability to walk again. I was brain damaged. They told me I was never going to be able to have a functional brain again. And I healed my brain, but I did it through hacking my spirit, like constantly going in and figuring out what is the spirit? How does it operate using my knowledge of shamanism that my family taught me and then applying it to science? and looking at how the two are come together. And uh, what I'm curious to find out with us at some point in our, to have some, you know, to do some experimentations and see what we can create together. Well, I have an idea because you say, you mentioned David Asprey and he's all about mitochondrial function. Mm -hmm, and he, sure is. he knows a lot about a wealth of knowledge about how the mitochondrial function, if it's disrupted, affects your you know risk of getting diseases, brain diseases, energy, fatigue, all of these problems. Actually, if you look at it, quite a lot of often they start in the mitochondrial function. So um, what does mitochondria do? Takes in oxygen, burns um, fuel in the form of glucose, to produce ATP energy, which is the currency of energy in the body. So I call it light, light the, intelligence, yeah. so the, the energy of the body is produced in the mitochondria. So it's obviously very important. Now, this is the thing. Every mitochondria is like a furnace, right? Burning fire. So just like a real fire, oxygen comes in, burns, and produces flames and fire, right? Now, you have too much oxygen on a normal fire, like if you look at Californian wildfires, so much wind, the oxygen burns the fire too bright and we cause damage and wildfires. However, too little oxygen, fire doesn't burn at all. So like in our body, too much oxygen actually creates free radical damage and reactive oxygen species, inflammation, all those problems can arise actually from too much oxygen. Yeah. So we need the right balance of oxygen in the body. And this was the goal of pranayama. Pranayama basically means energy control. So it's the ability to control energy in the body through your breath, through spirit, in order to modulate the function so that you actually live longer because the less you need to breathe, actually, the longer you live, you have less oxidative damage. And actually, what we need to show is this in relationship to the telomeres and whether telomeres can lengthen or shorten right. um, exactly. according to how much you have to breathe. So if we can make our mitochondria super efficient and this Kumbhaka technique, this breath retention technique, actually the idea of it is it strengthens your mitochondria. It's, it's based on actually the Russians actually studied um, people who uh, went up to high mountains, high altitudes and came back because they were, they were trying to figure out how to make their athletes the strongest in the world. And they noticed that those people who went up to a high altitude and came back uh, reported like more endurance, more fitness, more stamina. And what they realized as well, like uh, also if you look in the Mexican Olympics, lots of people winning um, awards and medals there 
breaking records because they were actually the, the Olympics happened at a high altitude. Okay. So they wanted to see what's the correlation going on here. And what they realized was actually brief periods of lower, lower than normal oxygen makes your body adapt to having less oxygen. And it, as I was talking before, it produces red blood cells and creates better vascularization and all these things. So they created these machines, these hypoxia machines where you have a period of low oxygen, period of high oxygen. And, are, you uh, about hyper, are you talking about the hyperbaric? No, no. Because that's called, just full oxygen. Yeah, yeah, that's different. And these actually machines are, they deprive you of oxygen for a bit and then they give you normal oxygen for Where a bit. Where are these so machines? In, in Russia, they have many of them. It's called intermittent hypoxic training. And they had amazing results of this. However, you don't need those machines because just with breath retention, you can create the same effect. So rhythmic breathing followed by breath retention creates the same effect. It's like simulating high altitude. And the mechanism, if you look at the studies on intermittent hypoxic training, is making mitochondria more efficient. Now, if we can show this with the breath and with intention in studies, and if he had somebody like David Asprey like helping us with that. Oh, no, he'll help I us. think it would be amazing because then we can show that just through the power of breath, we can actually live longer. We can heal. We can um, connect more to ourselves. And so many things can be done for the breath. And we can actually create a pharmacy of, of breathing techniques for different applications. Yeah, Dave yeah. is, uh, you know, when we get together, we're like geeks. <laughs> yeah. And the great thing is that, you know, one of the things that Dave wants to do, which is what I want to do, is I want to learn how to build a superhuman. I yeah. want to learn how to be able to you make it. You already are one. <laughs> yes. But to take it even more to yeah, the point yeah. where it becomes so much to the point where we actually begin to understand how to see through and be able to manipulate matter particle substance and be able to transfer atoms from one direction to the next without having to use machines, which I think is why I feel I get so... Uh, upset about the way technology is being utilized because technology could be utilized to assist us, right, in giving instruction for us to access certain energy frequencies within our own body that would then allow us to elevate those frequencies within our mitochondria and then spin our electrons faster. And then we would begin to access higher levels of consciousness. We'd access those places in our brain which were not functioning, that are still in dormant state, and begin to wake them up, creating new synapses, um, you know, bridges, and really creating a different way in which we perceive the world and how we interact in the world from the way we eat. Like, for instance, the way I eat, I eat one meal a day, and then the next day I fast for 24 hours. Then I eat one meal a day, and then I fast for 24 hours, and I eat one meal a day, and I fast for 24 hours. And what it has done for me is it literally teaches me an, an understanding of that I, my awareness becomes sharper, my energy becomes faster, quicker, stronger, my brain becomes stronger, and the way I operate through the spirit world where I can actually see the images of things in front of me and I can see multiple layers of those images. So like I can be standing in the street and I see the street and then I see what the street used to be. And then I see what the street used to be before that. Like I start seeing all the different layers coming and it's because my body, as I'm teaching my body, like you, you can adapt in any situation you know and and i look at it also from the model of like in ancient shamanism a lot of the shamans sometimes didn't eat for like 3 days and they would spend a lot of time putting themselves at what we call the edge of consciousness where they would go delirious 
and actually it actually exists in uh in uh in in uh in, in indian culture as well is the age of the, so there you'd get to this um to this place of this stage where you get to delirium and i have friends that uh who were drug addicts that i've spoken to who did like crystal meth and whatever and they would stay up for like maybe seven days start looking at the wall and they said the wall would start showing images of things that are to come and they the wall would open up and they would see into these other dimensions they thought they were tripping but what they didn't realize is that they were at the edge of delirium where the mind itself no longer needed to hold on to the entrapments of the physical world that it was able to fully bring in the spiritual world and merge them as one and so I believe that when we get to that level, we're going to be able to move things with our mind. We're going to be able to, you know, to to um, biolocate, to be able to do so many things. We'll be able to put our hand on the ground and sense where there's water nearby and be able to understand, communicate to all the mother trees and find out what types of medicines are available on the earth and like the way we used to be, you know? And I think that the reason why the system puts so much bombardment on our on on us, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's actually what I talk about in my book this, uh, that's coming out is that literally I feel like the system is like, oh, we don't, we can't get them to that level. So we have to make sure we create so many distractions, so many interruptions, so many aggressive interruptions, not just interruptions, but aggressive interruptions. Like, why do you have to always see a billboard? Why is there always something selling you something? Why is every time you're on the phone, it's using you, taking your information to sell you something, to get more of your money? Why is everything just constantly just because it's creating the sensory overload in your system, which creates audio overload, which creates physical kinesthetic overload. And then your body starts, you stop feeling your body. People don't even know when they have back pain anymore. They're just going to be walking around with back problems for years, had no idea. And I feel like what you're talking about, which is why I feel like we need to get together and do experiments. And Dave would love it because Dave is all about like what he's trying to do right now is to make some time so he can actually do these things where I can say like, hey, let's go for a month somewhere, bring this scientist, bring this person, bring this person. Because this is the thoughts we have, like the things that he wants to do. It's like he wants to create this super team that we all go somewhere, you know, and we take certain people and we 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 practice these experiments on them and like learn and and share with each other. So that's something that we've been talking about and putting into action um, in this. I'm actually about to do some experiments where we're going to, with Soma, we're going to compare what happens with the brain versus uh, cannabis, mushrooms, and DMT. Mm. So they've already been they've already been brain mapped those mm-hmm. three by this PhD who's doing the study. And now we're going to do it with the the Soma breathing practice because actually, like, so with the Kumbaka, the breath retention phase I was talking about, is it when you hold your breath for long enough and you bring the oxygen down to a certain point and you can hold that and this is why becoming efficient at using oxygen as little oxygen as possible was one of the goals of the yogis and that's why they live in the Himalayas at high altitude is that actually they've showed in Harvard that the DMT comes in as a protection mechanism for the cell so when there's very low oxygen DMT comes in as a as a protection and so they actually, I saw this um, one show on, on YouTube where they actually put these guys in these um, rooms with very low oxygen. They were just breathing very low oxygen. And actually, your, your, all your lungs need is a little bit of airflow to um, not feel like it's suffocating. So actually, it can br- you can breathe very low oxygen and not realize it for long periods of time. And they had this guy in there for about four or five minutes 
and he started to go into samadhi. Mm, wow. So actually, when you, when you have very low oxygen... You have to tell everyone why that is so good yeah, now. Yeah. So samadhi is the nirvana, the feeling of bliss, nirvana, connection with everything. What, what is kind of like what's felt when you do a, something like DMT, you know, briefly during that experience. But it's the connection of everything, oneness, the knowing that we are all one and all one spirit and one energy. And he got into that state and it was amazing. And so now it explains to me why did the, the yogis, why do they go and live in the Himalayas at such high altitudes? Why are they practicing Kumbhaka? Why are they doing all this? Because if you can do it and you can ha maintain it and be very efficient using oxygen, you can be in samadhi and bliss just through the, the breath. Amazing. It's amazing. These are the things that would be great to test. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. later on in your life, you, um, you know, with everything that you were doing, you were at an event or a party or something like that, and you met Wim Hof. Was it through the music? Oh, no, yeah. So Wim, um, he came to me because I created an infographic that became one of the most viral articles of all time about Coca-Cola. What happens one hour to you drink a can of Coke to your body? It became super viral, and his son actually saw it and invited me to to meet Wim and do do the same thing. So you you may have seen a Wim Hof infographic. Well, uh, it was called "How to Become Superhuman." It's like what happens to your body after doing the Wim Hof method. And um, anyway, so I went to his house and uh, and he kept singing a song like all the time, even while I was doing the interview. He kept like singing, and he's. he's Kind of a crazy guy. You like like, it. I love it. I love he's it. A, he's an perfect. amazing dude. He's our, he's our tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he basically, <laughs> um, I heard the song and I was like, uh, when I was going back to the hotel and I was like, I've got to, I've, we should record this. this. I think this is a good song. So I went in the morning back to his house and I said, hey bro, do you want to um, record this song? Like crazy like a monkey. And he goes, yeah man, fuck yeah, that's all I want to do. And um, he goes, yeah, this is it, come. And then I ended up staying with him for like two weeks and we, made like the crazy like a monkey song but i was like because i did i did i was known for doing meditation music and combining uh breath work pranayama with meditation i was like why don't we do the soundtrack to the wim hof method and make a breath work journey together so the breath work journey music is what i produced um when i was there and i added a few things afterwards but yeah, we put, I've, if you go on the Wim Hof site, you can see the Wim Hof music. And we became friends. I ended up becoming host of his events. I ran a few events with him and, and stuff. And, and, you know, so I, I still work with him a little bit, but I wanted to go into the yoga, pranayama traditions and make a, a very uh, a, you know, powerful training on those practices for healing and for reaching these kind of bliss states and and using the intention and combining like mantra and meditation with it and so yeah so we have uh, soma and it's very complementary to the wim hof method and and i love wim he's one of the most powerful inspirational people i've met yeah i've heard a lot from him um yeah. from a lot of friends i mean i i used to live in iceland in reykjavik and uh we're known for ice swimming we do a lot of stuff in the water and the ice mm. you know and and uh we always, I mean, that's what we do pretty much every street corner in Iceland. Like <laughs> you have a business meeting, you go meet at the pools, you know, you wow. go meet, you, like, so it's like, oh yeah, we're going to have a meeting. You don't go meet like in, you know, a cafe shop or whatever you go to, you know, you go to the pools and you have the ice, you have very icy, like cold, freezing cold. And then it goes from that to hot, 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 and then super hot and then crazy yeah. hot. And then there's like a warm pool and then there's like a chill pool. 
Yeah. Everyone in Iceland does it, you know? Oh, totally. And it's one of the things I love about living in Iceland is just going, like, in the wintertime, just going and being in that space and, you know. But, um, yeah, so a lot of my friends would talk about Wim Hof. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, Wim does, like, all these ice swims and ice kids yeah, and all this totally. kind of stuff. So I started hearing a lot about it. Yeah, so, I've done, I managed to do 32 minutes in an ice bath. Wow. Um, and he was, it was at his place and it was nuts. Don't don't recommend it to everyone, but yeah, you can you can generate body heat, you know, just through breath retention and holding your breath in a certain way, you can raise your body, core body temperature. So yeah, all these things are possible. And that's what Wim's all about. Is like actually, we can all do this. It's like you know, it's not um, magic or anything. It's like we can all do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you know, I wanted to um, to talk about what. What is your thought when it comes to like where people are going right now when it comes to the whole health and wellness world? Because I have very interesting views, but the tribe has heard my views and I want to hear your thoughts on it. So you mean the direction the world's heading in, in the well, health yeah, and wellness Yeah, the health space. and wellness world has become very mm. interesting. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, okay, so the, the biggest problem in, in health in general okay in the, in the in our kind of conception of it all started like a few thousand a couple of thousand years ago with a guy Descartes who separate the mind and body and this is the biggest crime against humanity because the the compartmentalization and and this scientific reductionist system that we have in in medicine and and what doctors practice even in social political yes, issues and science in general is the biggest crimes of humanity because we are not linear we're not rational we are irrational we are we we have a completely unconventional system and we're not governed by the laws of newtonian physics yeah exactly we're governed by a, a more quantum view of the world which is yet to be fully understood so we cannot like separate the mind and body and i see this even in wellness is that there's it's not holistic. People have gone out of their um, their own bodies, as you're saying. They've they've lost touch with their own feelings, emotions, and either people focus very much on like yeah, they're the heady. cognitive, they're heady, or they're focused on one thing, maybe sexual energy is mm -hmm. all they focus on. And there's a lot of separation of of what is the truth. The truth, I believe, is that actually one body one mind one consciousness the mind and body are the same and, and the environment is a reflection of your mind your mind and your environment are the same so we are a product of our environment and um so i believe like what we need to do is to become even more holistic you know we can't say that raw vegan diets is for everyone exactly because that's big that's really dangerous and there's a lot of crazy fanatical vegans on youtube yeah who are like uh, misleading people so that's that's one of the problems and we need to just understand that there's no one size fits all that we need to know ourselves before choosing any one system you know there's certain things like i don't fully agree with with um but even the wim hof method like it's not a one size fits all okay it's like it can induce stress in the body so some people who are already very stressed may not benefit from it. And that needs to be a caveat. And, you know, they, they do say that. So 
Uh, but there's a lot of people who won't read into that and will think that it's going to cure them of everything. Right. And that's dangerous. Same thing with anything I'm talking about and teaching. It's not going to be for everyone. So really, my my goal is to also help people to understand who they really are. What? Who are you? And re- and actually, I think Ayurveda gave a very good system with the doshas, with the energy types, and knowing your body type, your mind based on energy, and then yeah, I'm giving more custom, yeah. Like fire. Yeah, you're the fire man. <laughs> fire starter. Yeah, yeah. Come on, fire starter. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, man. <laughs> I love that song because it's yeah. like so fire. But no, mm-hmm. I, you're absolutely right. And I, I really believe that. I also believe too that like, you know, we were talking, you were just talking about as the body as a whole and you were talking about the mind creates the outside. And in shamanism, we say that what you tell yourself, you tell creation. So we believe that God is sitting inside of you as a child, like a childlike spirit. And it says, who do you say I am? What do you say I can do? And so every time you say something to yourself, because of God's unconditional love for you, it has to be created. And so you are literally actually creating your reality. And we say in shamanism that the ego holds your reality. So if we say like, the world's a scary place, the ego's job is like, got it, scary place, sure, on it. Then it goes and finds all the characters and all the people to like make you right as a creator. And then someone comes in the room and goes, this world's amazing, it's beautiful, it's luscious, I love it, and so forth. And then the ego comes in as the lawyer and goes, excuse me, no. The world's a scary place. And I can give you very much examples of it. Like when I was yeah. five and when I was this and when I, I was love that. that analogy. Right. Love and so it. so yeah. that's how we see the ego. But we see that like so if I say to myself, I'm not a good person, then God creates me not to be that good person. And so everything I say to myself is projected. And the mind is just the laser that directs it. And the emotions is just the the ability to sense its interior and its exterior at the same time. So it allows me to, that's why um, in shamanism, we say women operate in quantum and men operate in linear because women walk in a room and they send out a wave of energy. They can see everything. Whereas a man walks in, he's thinking of like, where do I need to be and where do I need to do and what's important for me that supports me and getting out of the us versus them into the we, right? It's us getting back to our feelings how do we feel so i like a good uh, i have a saying on that so wellness first two letters is we illness first letters i mm, so i like if that. you want to be well you need to think in terms of we yes i love that yeah that's oh, my thing. you're such a gift i love you <laughs> you're amazing yeah so how can people um how can people get in touch with you so um i'm really uh like Excited to share the, the Soma Breath uh, site, so somabreath.com. Actually, on there, I have a, a webinar, which is free, where you can actually have an experience of Soma, uh, which is the awakening, which is what we um, really like recommend people try first. And it's the rhythmic breathing with music. So I've produced all this music, and breathing in a rhythm creates a state called coherence. And certain rhythms can change your your state from parasympathetic to sympathetic or uh, make you more like coherent and coherence is where you actually optimize the blood flow from your heart to your brain and HeartMath institute did some studies on this and showed this phenomenon that when people are coherent and breathing in a rhythm 
and creating this optimum kind of blood flow from the heart to the brain. The actual, the heart magnetic field actually radiates further and it rubs off on people around you who are not coherent and it brings them into coherence. So it's this collective coherence that I'm really excited about because with rhythmic breathing, with this process, we every Sunday we do something called Breathe Together where we have hundreds of people around the world tuning in at the same time and I do this guided breathwork meditation. Because it's so synchronized, everyone's breathing in and out exactly the same time, holding their breath at the exact same time, using intention at the same time. It's like magic. Mm. And the results we're getting is magic. So this is the one thing I'm really excited about. I'd love people to check out somabreath.com for that. They definitely and then, will. And then you also learn about the inner pharmacy and how to wake it up using different breathing techniques. And then there's the renegadepharmacist.com site, which is uh, my resource for all of the information that helped me heal myself from chronic illness and what's helped other people with prescription uh uh, shopping list for their conditions and things based on diet and nutrition. So I highly recommend those to you. Oh, you're so magical. <laughs> you're such a you're gift. Magic. I love you so much. I uh, love you I too, just brother. Love being here with you. This is amazing. So great. I'm so glad we met. <laughs> Me too. It's beautiful. Me too. Yeah. So tribe, you have to go check out the Soma. Uh, it's a must in the tribe. And also please get on his website, the, the Renegade Pharmacist, so you can look up and see like, you know, what types of things you need to get for yourself to make sure that you're bringing health and wellness into your life in the right way. And then you get educated. So really educating yourself is the key to truly having a life that is thriving and living and giving. Um, tribe, I just want to let you know how wonderful you are and how beautiful you are. If you want to level up your abilities and your powers uh, you can go to shamanduric.com and sign up on my newsletter you can also follow me on instagram at shamanduric so that you can come on my ig lives and share yourself with the tribe your knowledge your wisdom and everything because remember it's not about me it's about all of us i love you so much and until next time see you later alligator <laughs> <laughs>